morning. How are you guys doing? Doing well? You know, I, the, the first one, the good morning, I always get a good response to that. And then how are you doing? And I was like, oh, questions. Wow, it's too early. Well, I hope you guys are well. Hey, uh, just to follow up on that uh, team night too. So um, it was last, man, it was like middle of January or something. We decided to do our first tailgate out in the parking lot. And it was cold, and it was, but it was really fun. And so... Um, I want to put the invitation out there because as we were talking about it, as we were planning this thing, um, that team night, the tailgate piece of it isn't just for the teams. I mean, if you're on a team or you want to find out about a team or something like that, you can come and then you can come to the team meeting too. But the tailgating at three is open to everybody. And we were thinking it'd be really fun. Um, what we can do is, uh, since it's uh, virtually Halloween, so you can come kind of, we're going to have like a costume contest or something like that or, you know, and if all you want to do is wear your team's favorite jersey or whatever, then you can do that. But um, the tailgating is a great time, great time of fellowship. It's almost like a, a potluck, except you get better food. And so, um, you know, you can come out for that at three o'clock on the 30th. So if you want to mark that down, but we will be having our team night uh, that night as well. So you guys all look super excited about that. I can tell. You know, you're just about to get out of your chair just to go sign up for that one. Yeah. Woohoo. Hey, um, Today, we continue our, our series on Rooted. Uh, we have a bunch of small groups in the church that we're going through this, this series called Rooted Together in small groups and talking about different things that we need to root into and understand uh, as kind of the basis, that foundation pieces of our faith. So the big blocks um, so that we have an understanding about what we believe and how we live this life of following after Jesus. Um, today, we hit uh, one of those that is um, sometimes a little bit more challenging because it's a little bit closer to home uh, in a lot of ways. And it's just, we're gonna be talking about, about how we struggle. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I think some of us, uh, you know, I find that I struggle at least once a day, you know? <laughs> so um, it's just a regular part of our lives and it's a challenging part of our lives to figure out where is God in the midst of that. We talked about that a little bit uh, last week, but... We're talking today just about our struggles. Now, how many of you guys have ever been in that kind of a situation where you, I mean, it's as simple as an everyday type of thing, but you go up to a door, you're on your way out of some kind of a room, you know, it might be a store, it might be a uh, restaurant. It's more embarrassing if it's in a public place, but you grab hold of the door and you pull on it and it doesn't open. You're like, what in the world? And all of a sudden panic sets in, right? And you start, ah, let me out of here. And you're looking to see if it's locked and everything. And, and as you're looking, you're struggling to get this door open. All of a sudden you see that little sign that says push to open, right? <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes our struggles, they can be because there's some diabolical plot to, to ruin our lives. It can be because of that. It can be because sometimes there are these like, groups of, of sinister people that are trying to make our life miserable. And, and sometimes it can even be because there are these very powerful spiritual beings that are behind everything and they're, they're trying to, to ruin us and destroy us. But much of the time, uh, and I think that you would probably agree with me, much of the time we come into wrestling, we can be wrestling really hard um, in these struggles. We can be wrestling with things with something, but we're struggling because we just don't know what we're doing, right? We don't have the information that we're, we're trying to, to pull open a push door. And we're struggling and everybody sees the struggles and they feel bad for us. But, but some of the times it's just because we don't know what would actually help us in that situation. 
So if I don't know much about like what makes finances work, if I don't know much about what makes a good relationship uh, tick, if I don't know much about how to keep my health at its peak, my best guesses won't always help me. In fact, sometimes they can be part of the problem because I could guess completely wrong. And that makes for struggle. You know, uh, in Ephesians 4, we find that struggle uh, happens not only in our physical life, not only in our emotions, not only in our finances or our relationships, but struggle also happens spiritually between us and God. And that, in fact, that our struggles that show up in this life often have their source in a much more kind of a core piece, a much more basic and a spiritual part of who we are. And what happens in our spiritual life ends up affecting and impacting these other places. We're going to read some words from Ephesians 4. If you'd stand with me, we're going to look at these words from Ephesians 4, verse 17 through 24, that's talking about these things. And it gets to really the crux of the matter when it comes to our struggles. Listen to these words from Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. It says, so I tell you this with the Lord's authority. Live no longer the way people do who do not know God. For they live in a futility of their own thoughts, darkened to truly understanding anything and excluded from the life that God intended because of the ignorance that is in them and because of the hardness of their hearts towards God. They have become callous and given themselves over to a life driven by the senses and by appetites of the body for the practice of every kind of impurity, always with a desire for more. But you did not learn Christ in this way. For if indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, and because truth is in Jesus, in reference to your former life without Christ, lay aside that old self, which is being corrupted by passions and driven by lies, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new self, which has been created in the likeness of God in righteous and holy living, driven by the truth. So is it legitimate to say that another person makes you struggle at times? Well, yeah. Is it, is it honest to say that Satan sometimes might be behind what seems to be ruining your life? Yes, but those might not be the best starting place when you're trying to figure out what is it that you're struggling with and where does the struggle come from? Because much of the time we have to ask that more personal question of could it be that the problem's in me. Or maybe could it be that the problem's what's well, not in me because I don't know, I don't have the knowledge, I don't even have the understanding to know how to deal with this. Today's uh, message is titled The Source of Our Struggles. Let's come to the Lord. Father, uh, this morning, uh, we all struggle. God, that's just a part of life. Uh, it, it's a part of Every day we have something. Every day we're challenged by something. Every day we're tempted in some way. Every day uh, we come to the end of ourselves. And uh, every day we find ourselves over our heads in situations. It may be uh, making decisions about our lives. It may be in caring for and trying to love, uh, pour into the lives of others. Um, Father, but every day we hit these struggles. And Father... Um, we don't need this morning to hear more of our own best guesses. 
nobody in this room needs to hear my best thoughts on this topic. Father, we need to hear from you. We need your wisdom that comes from your word. We need a perspective that we don't have without you. We need a light to be turned on that we don't have access to the switch because it's only through your word, it's only through your spirit, it's only through your wisdom and your insight and revelation that's poured out into us that we can learn to live the life that you intended and live this life the way that you intended for us to live it. So Father, be here this morning, speak to our hearts, change us, transform us, make us more like Jesus through the work that you do. Open our eyes and our hearts to see, to know, to believe, to be changed, shaped, transformed. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, by the power of your spirit, for your glory, Father. Amen. Amen. Have a seat. <clears throat> you know, for three years, uh, Carrie and I uh, lived with our kids. We were in a small city in central Kansas, and, and um, it was a good time to be there. We were in a, a church. It was a growing church. It was about 700 people, and uh, it was constantly growing. And what that meant is there were constant changes going on all the time, whether that was what we were doing or how we were doing it or whatever. And uh, one of the things that I remember, there's, um, we used to have our, our projector. We used a projector here, and, and we used to have our projector. It was sitting in the middle of the room, and, um, and it would shine up. You know, It was on a platform and stuff like that. But, but we needed that space for more, for more seats. We, you know, people can see around it. The people in front of it would you know, stand up, and they'd be blocking it and stuff like that. So we decided it needed to be moved to the back and a little bit higher up to get it above um, the people's heads. And so um, to save some money, because um, we didn't necessarily have the money to do everything we wanted to do, but uh, we decided to assign that project to the youth pastor and to myself. And we were thinking, so what can go wrong? You know, it looks pretty basic. You just got to move that up there. And um, so, so one of the parts of this project, though, was to replace, we had to take the lens that the projector came with and, and replace it with this uh, this longer lens that would focus at that greater distance. And so uh, the youth pastor and me, we had this projector in my office and we had it taken apart. And, uh, and we're looking at it, we had ordered this lens. And, and so uh, we had it all taken apart. We put the new lens in, you know, and then we put it all back together and we didn't have any, you know, extra parts. So we figured that was a win. And, um, and we thought, you know, again, what, what can go wrong? And so we set this thing up where it goes now and we, we, we started uh, using it. Well, um, all of a sudden, the strangest thing started happening because about second, you know, halfway through that second service, all of a sudden it just shut off. We're going, what in the world is that? And so we figured it was blowing a fuse, and we checked that out. No, the wiring was good, so it wasn't their fault. Um, you know, in, in the box that it was in, we thought maybe it was overheating because it was in this box. So we put a fan in it and all that, and that that didn't work. And so we had this thing down again, and we we called the company up that that produced this, that manufactured this thing, and we said, you know, you guys, maybe you can help us, kind of. Um, walk through this, troubleshoot this thing. And uh, we had it, it was all taken apart again. We're on this call. We're about 20 minutes into the call and we're talking through everything it could be and we're checking, no, that's good, that's good, that's good. And, uh, and all of a sudden the youth pastor, he's, he's on the phone and he looks up at me. He's, he's staring down at something. He looks at me, he kind of smirks. And he, um, he asks the guy on the, at the other end of the phone, he says, so if someone were to take the exhaust fan and turn it around so it blows all the hot air back into the machine constantly, would that maybe cause it to overheat? And uh, didn't even wait for an answer. He just said, thanks for your help. And he hangs up, you know. 
And we, we took this simple little thing, and it has arrows on it, right? It has arrows, and it says airflow, and it points, you know? And, and we took it, and we pointed outward like it's supposed to go to pull the hot air out of it. And, uh, and never had the uh, overheating problem again. You know, sometimes um, we think we know exactly what we're doing, and we don't, right? Sometimes we don't even know the right questions to ask or the right like, arrows to look for. Because we, we, don't, we don't even know. We don't know the questions asked. We don't know the signs to look for that would tell us the right thing to do or the right way to go. There's a word that we have for that in the English language, and it's ignorance. And ignorance, you know, we don't like that word. That's an insulting word to us. But at its core, ignorance is just it's a word that just means I don't know. Gnosis is a Greek word. It means knowledge. If you put an I in front of it or an A in front of it, it means not. And so it means I don't have that knowledge. So whether you're saying I'm agnostic and I don't know whether God exists, or you're saying I'm ignorant and I don't have any idea of a whole bunch of other things, it just means I don't know. None of us knows everything. We'd admit that. But that means that we're ignorant about a lot of things. And we hate to admit that. I mean, these things... Sometimes we don't have the time, we don't have the motivation to invest in them, and so we stay ignorant of them. And what that means, though, is that there are times that we're going to, these things are still going to touch our lives, and we're going to take our best guess at it. And sometimes that works, and a lot of times it doesn't. I mean, if you think about some of these areas like finances or nutrition or raising your kids or how to, how to have a healthy relationship or, or things like that, and you think, you know, me taking my best guess, that may not be the best way to go at it. But how many of us have had formal training in those things? Some of you guys have, but many of us have not. For most of us, a lot of times, the, the degrees that we've gotten in these things, they came from like the school of hard knocks, or it came from mom and pop university handing off their best knowledge, what they had learned along the way, and they handed off to us. And so sometimes we have knowledge, but a lot of times we are ignorant. And the same is true in our relationship with God. The same is true in our spiritual life. We would love to think that we could just stumble through this thing. We could figure it out on our own. We could figure out what works. We could figure out who God is and all the things that he intended for our lives. But the reality is, is that we're guessing and we're guessing in this, this area of our life where like eternal life is at stake. That's kind, of a, that's kind of a big deal to be just making stuff up about. We're, we're, t- we're guessing in this area where we know that there are these powerful spiritual beings that are out there, many of whom are, who are just incredibly deceptive. And they're at work in this area. We, we, we take guesses in this area where from the sound of things in Ephesians 4 and other places, it sounds like the other problem is that our best thinking is is often like exactly opposite of what we should do. It's like taking a a fan and turning around the wrong way in a projector or trying to pull on a door that really needs to be pushed to be opened. So where do our struggles come from? (laughs) A lot of times it comes from us. And, And not just what's in us, but what's outside of us, what's not in us, that we don't have the knowledge in us to even make the right decisions. Listen again to the words that 
are written in Ephesians to these. Ephesus was a, a city in, in Asia where uh, these followers of Jesus, they were trying to learn, what, what does it mean to follow Jesus? How do, I, how do I live this life? But listen to these words, these first words, of the, the first part of that passage that we read. It says, so I tell you with the Lord's authority, live no longer the way that people do who do not know God. Because they live in the futility of their own thinking, right? They're living, I mean, they're making stuff up about God, about life, about how things connect, about what's the most important things to pursue or how you go out, how you're going to find success in, in life in any area. And it goes on, it says, darkened to truly understanding anything and excluded from the life that God intended because of the ignorance that's in them. But then it says, and the hardness of their hearts towards God. So it's not just because we don't get it, right? It's also because when God tries to break through at times and he tries to tell us, he tries to help us, he tries to teach us what it would actually take to, to, to attain this life that he intended for us, we shut him down. We close him out. It's, it's kind of like we... We would rather be able to say, hey, I figured this out on my own <laughs> than we would be right. We'd, we'd, rather, we'd rather be wrong and be stumbling around as long as we can say we did it ourselves. And so it says they have become callous, hardened, and given themselves over to a life that is driven by the five senses. So the information we take in just from our five senses and driven by the appetites of the body for the practice of every kind of impurity, every kind of action that leads to this kind of tainting of the life that God intended, the kind of corruption of the life that God wanted for us. And it says, always with a desire for more. And we go, well, why, why'd that get thrown in? Why, why this always a desire for more? Well, because, because if you don't, if, you're not, if the answer doesn't satisfy, if it doesn't hold up, then you have to keep seeking, right? So if you, if you get a wrong answer, then, then it doesn't satisfy it. Wrong arrangements, if you set something up according to wrong instructions, it usually will fall apart at some point. And so you're constantly pursuing more. And especially if it falls apart immediately, and then you constantly, you're looking again. But if you never go to the source, to God, to find out, God, what is going on here? So I can get kind of get the answer and then move on, build on it, instead of just kind of trying to fix the same problems over and over again. If we don't ever go to God, then we're constantly pursuing, constantly looking for more, constantly finding more and more corruption because we constantly find answers that aren't correct out of our ignorance. So the problem is in us. We don't, we don't know. Not only do we not know, we, we don't want to admit that we don't know. We don't want to admit that we need God to step in. So we struggle. And that's, that's the source. That's that kind of in us. That's the main place that we find our struggle. Now, is that the only place that the Bible talks about 
you know, this, the source of these struggles. Well, well, no, I mean, even here in Ephesians, it says we're in this, this battle zone spiritually. And so there's this spiritual warfare going on all around us. There are, there are these angels that had been these beautiful beings of power and they fell and they you know, rebelled against God. Now they're, they're seeking to tear down everything that has to do with God in our lives and in this world. And so we're in this battle, right? These, these demonic forces that are against us. And it says that seems to be a struggle. There are also, it says, we, we live in a world that's broken. We live in a world that's broken. And so we struggle against that. That's not about just ignorance inside of us. You know, if you... We talked about a friend of ours who's um, uh, last week about a friend of ours here at Christ Church who's living down in Fort Myers, Florida. If, if you're struggling down in Fort Myers, it's not because of some kind of spiritual ignorance that you have. You're suffering largely because you went through a hurricane. So, I mean, that's a source of struggles. If, if, you're, if you're battling something, an illness, like, like especially if it's this some of the terrible uh, illnesses that are out there. If you're battling cancer, it's not because somehow you have this spiritual ignorance in you. That's where the cancer came from. No, it's because that our bodies are, uh, we live in a broken world and we have bodies that, that break down and we have relationships that break down. Sometimes our struggle doesn't seem to be from the spiritual ignorance, but, but even in those things, those struggles are only compounded by the fact that sometimes we do not know what God has said about what he makes available, the resources he makes available to us in Christ when we go through those things. You know, in Psalm 23, the, the psalm that keeps coming to mind, Psalm 23, for two reasons. One is at the end of it where it says, surely God's goodness and his mercy will it says, follow me, but it's not just follow. Will chase me down all of my life. God's mercy and his goodness is chasing us down all of our lives. And, but prior to that, it talks about when I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, the deepest darkness that I can imagine. When I'm in that valley, it says, his rod and his staff will be the thing that comfort me. His presence with me will be the thing that comfort me. Well, sometimes... If I don't know those two things and I'm going through this valley and I don't know that, man, you know what? God's, God is with me as my shepherd. His power and his ability to reach me, that, that should be my comfort. And the knowledge that he will chase me down with his goodness all the rest of my life with the intention of bringing me to good pastures, green pastures and still waters in this life, but also to bring me to his home after this life has ended, right? If, if I don't know that, then my attitude in the midst of that valley is gonna be one of terror. I'm gonna be crying out to God saying, God, where are you? It's so dark, I can't see you because I don't have the vision of those promises that no, he's right there with me and his goodness is chasing me and his power and his reach He's able, he's protecting me. I may not understand it, I may not see it. But we struggle. And so we may not, we may have details of that struggle. It may be the spiritual world that's attacking, it may be this physical world that's falling apart, or our bodies that are just giving up on us. It may be our own internal rebellion that causes it. It may be that. But that's only amplified by the fact that we just 
do not even understand. We don't know what God has said he has given to us. He is not, we, we are ignorant about how we are to fight those kind of battles. We're, we're ignorant about, about how we are, God says he can walk with us through those situations, even if it's our very own body that's rebelling against us and seems to be robbing us of God's goodness. He says instead we, we, we tend to pay attention to just our five senses and bring in just the information of those into the equation. He says instead we, we seem to just rely on those, those inner desires that we have that kind of boil up from our, our, own, our own flesh, our own, kind of our own understanding instead of taking into account what God has said. Taking into account God's promises and figuring those into the equation as well. Looking for God in the midst of the worst type of struggles we go into. And that just amplifies it. Just makes it that much worse. That's our struggle. That's where we live. So we live in this broken world. We live in the midst of a broken relationship with God. Often we live surrounded by spiritual beings, by other people. That they're dealing with their own brokenness. We're filled with the sense that I'd rather figure it out myself than to listen to him and admit that I need him. But Ephesians said, what Ephesians says, the answer to all this is that you got to take that old self off. You have to have your mind completely rewired. And then in that, you put on Christ. You put on this new self that has been created for us in Christ. We take off this old thing like, a, like an old jacket. You know, you have this old jacket, you love it, you're, it's so comfortable. I, you know, I, I've talked before, <laughs> talked before there was uh, one uh, message I was giving one time and I was talking about these, um, these slippers that I had and the kids, I've always wanted to bring them because I mean, they, they just, I, I've had them for over 20, probably 30 years now. And you know, I, I finally got rid of them, but <laughs> you know, they, were, they were so comfortable. I mean, they were like old friends, you know, but they were the rattiest looking things. They were falling apart. You guys know, because you guys probably all have one of those pieces. It says, take that off. We have our old lives that we lived without Jesus and we were comfortable with it. But I mean, and these, are, they're, not just, they're not just threadbare and ugly. I mean, they're, they're rotten. They're falling apart. They're, they're disease bearing. <laughs> you know, they're not helping us at all. So take it off. Have your mind renewed and put on Christ. How do we do that? How do we do that? Well, man, taking off the old self, that's like a, that's a rebirth. That's why the scripture uses that analogy too. It's like being born all, completely new. It's, it's, it's letting go of everything. It's handing everything that you thought your greatest strengths. It's laying those down. When we come to Christ, we don't come... He doesn't say, come and just give me the bad stuff. He says, give me everything. It says in Matthew that the kingdom of heaven is like this uh, treasure that you find in this field, and you're like, you know, that's a treasure worth having. What's it going to cost me? We could never buy the treasure. That would cost too much, but we can buy the field. But we go find out what does the field cost. It'll cost you everything that you have. And so you sell everything that you have, not just to get the field. The field's okay, but it's the treasure in the field. That's what the kingdom's like. And he says, it'll cost you everything. So not just our sins and our failures and our struggles, but we say, God, <laughs> I got to give you even my best guesses at how to approach some of this stuff. 
I gotta give you my strengths and my abilities and my talents and everything and say, you know, if these are getting in the way, just keep them. Whatever I need, I believe you'll give me. Sometimes we think that we come to God and he's, he's lucky to have us on his team, right? He's lucky to get us with all of our abilities and everything. He says, no. He says, that's getting in your way. I will give you what you need. You need to just start over. Take that old thing off. Put it aside. Well, that's hard to do, isn't it? Right? It's hard to put, a, put, a, uh, put aside our, our best thinking and our our strengths that everybody, those things that everybody compliments us on, we have a hard time thinking that maybe those things need to go too. But God says, let it all go. And then he says, and then, then be renewed. Let your mind be renewed. And how, how is our mind renewed? Well, our, our mind is renewed as we put on, and as we, our mind is renewed, we put on this new thinking, this new Christ, this new, the mind of Christ. We put on this new self. Because there are times, you know, that I need my thinking changed by God's thinking. God's thinking that's found in, in, in Scripture. God's thinking that's found in the words of Jesus. God's thinking that's found in the very person of Jesus. And those promptings of the Holy Spirit, and I need my mind changed. There are times I think that power makes me great in this world. But you know what Jesus said? He says, service is what makes us great in his kingdom. We gotta choose. Am I gonna hold to the old or am I gonna put on the new? There are times that I think that making somebody pay for what they did, that's justice. But God says, you know what? Leave, leave those end payments to me. You seek even with your enemies, to love, to do good, to bless even your enemies. He says that's where, you'll find, that's where you'll find life. It's in mercy, a life of mercy and a life of grace. I think sometimes that if I don't watch out for myself, who else will? And so I get very insular and very self-focused. But God says, you know what? He says, I'll watch out for you. He says, you need to be watching out for others. You know, at the beginning of, of, of scripture, there's a story of Cain and Abel, and Cain kills Abel, you know, and, and God comes to Cain, and, and again, pursuing Cain, even after he knows what he's done. He comes up to Cain, and he says, Cain, where's your brother? And he says, am I my brother's keeper? And, you know, we often, we take that, and we never answer that question, but Jesus came, and he taught, and basically in his teaching, he says, yes, we are. Yes, we are. We should be watching out for our brothers and our sisters. We should be watching out for our neighbors. We should be watching out for those that we don't care about. We should be watching out for those who hate us. Yeah. Well, that takes some rewiring, doesn't it? Right? Because everything in me reacts in a different direction than that. Everything in me, every thought in me, every best thought in me goes a different path than that. God says, so you need to take the old off. You need to be rewired as you put the new on. So does that mean that immediately when you start walking with Jesus, all of a sudden your struggles go away? Well, no, 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 partially because it's a process, right? It's this taking off and putting on the new. Um, But it does mean that in your struggles, you have another source to draw from now. 
You don't have to just draw on your own best thinking or, you, or the best thinking of kind of your group of friends or whatever you had passed down. You don't have to rely on your ignorance. You don't have to walk in the futility of your own thoughts. In James, it says, you know, um, if you lack wisdom, you can call out to God. It says he'll give it to you. Uh, so much of what we face, I mean, it's, it's actually answered. So many things. It, sometimes we don't like the answers. Okay, we got to deal with that. But, but he's answered the questions. So he says, ask, ask for the wisdom that you need. Sometimes, you know, we need to know that it, uh, it's not just he'll answer the question here and he'll fix the problem here. But, but sometimes the wisdom that he gives us is, you know what, this is a broken world, but it won't be broken forever because I'm making all things new. You know, I love the, the image just recently that God kind of gave me of, of what's going on. It's like he is, he is going to drag this world to become his kingdom. It, it doesn't matter what this world thinks about it. This creation will become a new creation. The kingdom of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. It is going, it's going to end up there. And for some, that's, like a, that's a horrible thought for some people, but for us, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing. It's a promise that God gives us. Because even when things don't work out in this world, he promises there's a new world coming. That's why at the table it says, you know, Whenever we eat this bread, we drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death. That's the struggle. That's the brokenness. Until he comes again. That's the promise. He is with us. There are times that you're going to find out his kingdom, it breaks through you know, early, right? Sometimes we pray and people are healed. Sometimes we pray and God provides in miraculous ways. Sometimes, sometimes we pray and, and relationships come back together miraculously, but sometimes they don't. And in those times he says, but there is coming a day. My kingdom is on its way. And you have a promise that there is, the new is coming. Source of our struggle, what is it? A lot of it's our ignorance. So well, I don't know. God says, so take off that old life of not knowing. Have your, have your mind rewired and, and put on the new life that's in Christ. Not just in knowing everything, but a relationship where you know the person who does. You know the person who does have everything under control, who does have everything in hand, who's made promises to you like that he won't leave you or forsake you. Promises like, you know what, I'm making all things new. Promises like, I will complete that thing that I've begun in you. Promises like, I will work for the good, everything. Everything that happens for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So I, wanna, I want you to take something with you this week as you go into your week and you just, because every day you're gonna hit a struggle. Today, you may leave this <laughs> You may leave this building as soon as you walk out, you may hit a struggle. It may be a relational struggle. You get in an argument with whoever you know, you're driving with in the car. It may be that you get home and all of a sudden you find you know, something's broken. 
I don't know what it's going to be, but I can almost guarantee that you're going to hit a struggle. And when you do, I want you to consider three things, just those three things, those three steps he gave us. First is this, what is it in me that I might need to put off, right? Well, that old way of thinking about what this struggle is about. What is it in me that I might need to put off? Take that old self and put it aside so I'm not just going with the best thinking I have. Second, what is it that God might have said in his word or might be wanting to say to me? I might need to get into his word to find out what he said about this thing that he wants me to think about differently. What is that way he wants to rewire my thinking? So that I might put on Christ and instead of my actions being driven by these these broken things that are driven by lies or by ignorance, that I might be driven in my actions by the truth. Three steps. Now, it's going to be hard to remember in the heat of the moment, right? Because the first thing that comes to my mind when I, you know, all of a sudden something breaks down isn't, I need to pray about this, right? I mean, it's like, what in the world, right? You go to open the door and it doesn't open. It's not immediately, hmm, what might I need to change my thinking to get it? It doesn't go there. It's going to be a challenge. It may be a discipline, but I want to challenge you guys. Think about those things because the source of our struggles often is not outside there somewhere. A lot of times it's right, right here. And God says there's a solution to that. Take off the old self. Be rewired in your thinking, in the spirit of your mind. And then put on Christ. See what happens. See if that doesn't lead us. You know, it says that that new self, it describes it in this way, it has been created in the very likeness of God in right and holy living, living driven by his truth. Sounds like a good life to have. Amen?